Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels and Simon Street here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. And uh, this week, uh, I believe uh, we'll see uh, it being the last week of DJ Impact being off. But you never know, we might be off next week because uh, next week is going into the 4th of July weekend. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, Sin City Steve is currently somewhere in a movie theater watching uh, Japanese uh, guys beat up American guys. I think that's how that goes, right? Yeah, that, that, more or less, you said it correctly. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. I think it's forbidden in some yeah. places. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely, uh, he's, he's not watching a Doors concert. Um, so, uh, you know, this week we're going to do things a little differently, um, just because it's the two of us and, uh, be a little easier to just, uh, talk, uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know about, um, kind of what's been going on this past week. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about Forbidden Door itself because, uh, Steve will be back next week and be able to, uh, kind of touch on that i'm sure in his uh in his his aspects of things and uh we're going to talk a little bit today about kind of a preview of what's going on with uh money in the bank uh which is going to be saturday so uh on sunday not only are you going to hear about uh forbidden door but you also hear about money in the bank from uh all of us so uh but that leads us to you know this week um continuing saga shall we say simon of uh the bloodline and we got a promo from the usos on smackdown to kick off the show and we got one hell of a match between solo sokoa and uh sheamus to close out smackdown and that big beatdown of solo by the usos at the end um what do you think is uh you know it's a buildup, obviously, for the match between Roman and Solo versus the Usos at Money in the Bank. But are they still on the right track? And, I mean, where does this go? Because I don't think anyone, uh, uh, you know, knows what's really going on. Uh, well, I definitely think that um, the saga definitely has more context to it. Um, I for the most part, maybe a couple of months ago, was like, okay, I'm ready for this to kind of be done. Uh, but right. then, you know, they, uh, you know, had us with the whole Jimmy, obviously. Um, and then now we have Jay. I do like the way that they built it up. Um, a couple of good points that stood out to me in the promos that kind of led up to the incident uh, on Roman's part, saying, you know, distinguishing, I, 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 I like the small things. And when, you know, Two things that stick out in the conversation has been happening the last couple of weeks is number one, tribal chief as a title, right. not a title that's around your belt, but a title of distinguishment that you have that will carry on. Uh, right. At least that's the way I hear it. And, and that's the good thing, because, you know, I think that generationally I would like to see in wrestling is titles like that. So a tribal chief, there was Roman before. Now there's another tribal chief. So people shifted away. So that's one thing. The next thing that I heard really good, and I like that he said, and, and I know you found appreciation as well, was um, Roman saying that, you know, I have a wise man. He, he's my wise man. He's here for me, not for you, not for Jimmy, not for Solo, not for anybody, but for me. I brought him on. It's not you. And it was good because um, 
a lot of people, when you see this back and forth throughout the weeks, you hear these little details of, you know, uh, Jimmy and Jay focusing on Paul Heyman. And, uh, you know, Roman defending him gives more of that credence of, okay, whatever's going to happen with Jimmy and Jay and, you know, before the incident happened, there will always be a Paul Heyman, uh, for the most part, in the shadows like a Jafar (laughs) from Aladdin in Roman Reigns' ear. So I I really appreciate that. But, man, uh, a great buildup. You know, uh, I, I like how they added in just at the right moment, perfectly timed. Uh, you know, Jimmy felt some kind of way about Jay being called main event and this talk about grooming him to be the next tribal chief. And there was some truth that came out. I really appreciate that because if you look back at this long drawn out saga, that was the case. When Jimmy did come back, Jay was kind of front and center and there was some little, uh, you know, resentment there. So I, like I said, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a long play. There's no doubt. Um, and when Hunter talks about, you know, the story not being done at WrestleMania, that it's just getting started. That's what he was talking about. So obviously you, you see there's many more layers. Um, uh, I think it was hysterical to see Rich Holland without his hat on uh, backstage, just walking and then the way that Solo spiked him, like just so perfectly, was just ridiculously great in setting up the uh, fact that Seamus was pissed and wanted to uh, beat on Solo. Um, gave a great opportunity for a great match. Um, uh, this was a good point that John makes too. What stuck out to me was Jay using Jimmy's real name, Joshua multiple times last week that took the emotion of it all to another level um yeah uh you know that's the whole thing uh with bringing in uh that type of stuff uh it's creating a great great build-up great story and i think one of the things that gets overlooked here is the fact that for everyone who says who Roman Reigns doesn't show up and well, he never wrestles and blah blah blah, it wouldn't be as effective if Roman was on the show all the time. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, you know what? My thing is, is I never really have a huge problem with with champions per se not showing up because it reminds me a little bit, kind of like what boxing is. You know, in boxing, sure. you have title defenses that are months, sometimes a half a year. Uh, right. before you see it so so i do kind of like that now i do like my champions when they do come in the building they show up um and roman reigns has never failed us at least in this uh you know yeah. three-year saga um you know of him holding this reign um one thing i wanted to uh, comment on something that you had kind of uh, to what john was pointing out is is that next level of realism and i also want to encompass this just in general because you're starting to see this more uh, placate not only in all wrestling, I know AEW does it as well, but WWE has really uh, done a great job of doing their uh, their due diligence in finding out. Uh, I can only imagine there must be somebody that's looking through all of the Internet, all of the comments that people make, seeing what's more reaction towards that um, and then putting it into the storyline. Uh, because, like I said, as John mentioned earlier, Joshua uh, that is his real name, and it's great him saying that, and it adds that emotion, which Jay already does that uh, so great, anyways. But 
Um, if you listen to a lot of the other uh, stuff that's kind of going on, they're starting to use the reality of real life to a certain extent right. um, into their promos. And that for, for, for wrestling brings it up to a next level. And that's something that, um, dare I say, you're going to start seeing uh, companies like AEW try to uh, do as well. Um, and they have done it actually just past a uh, uh, couple of weeks with Adam Cole and MJF uh, kind of doing that a little bit. Uh, certain things that are playing. I don't know if you watch uh, the Internet or not, but the great promo that MJF gave to Adam Cole was almost one to one identical to one that Adam Cole gave a long time ago. So it's just I say that it's pretty interesting um, with regards to solo. First and foremost, uh, smart booking with WWE with him all the way up to here. Every time that he's been in a match, he's always gone up against, for the most part, really rough, tough guys. Like, really, just to the point to where you can see him go to 10. It's almost like there's there's this illusion, like he's not really a rookie. And in all sense of the word, we know a little bit how long he's actually been actively wrestling in the fact that he's not, you know, obviously comes into play with, uh, you know, having great people around you to help lead you and guide you. So in him just being an open person to the business, I remember me and you uh, met him and his family a way, way, way while back and got a chance to meet a young uh, solo Sokoa. And, man, I was just – I tell people all the time, he was just a very respectable young man, just very humble, you you know, and you could tell he was a star written all over you. But I say all of that, Matt – I'm very interested to see what the heck's going to happen with this solo and Roman versus uh, the Usos. <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be freaking amazing. Um, if it's okay uh, to jump on to the next thing with Money in the Bank that has me uh, curious, I want to get your take on it, is, um, uh, man, the participants for Money in the Bank, I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, even Logan Paul to a certain extent because we know he can pull – uh, some magical moments out of his, his butt cheeks. Uh, actually, maybe it's not the best way to put it, but you see my point. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's pretty cool. And, and again, man, uh, shout out to L.A. Knight, man. Uh, yeah. Just him being able to go in there and, and, and just mix it up with whoever the hell. It didn't matter who was there. Uh, never missing a step. Uh, what, what's your take on the guys going in for the Money in the Bank men's match? It's a great mix. Uh, it's something that you're seeing that is a little different than what they've done in the past. Um, these guys, uh, I guess you could probably say Shinsuke is probably the, you know, the, the most seasoned in terms of having championship experience. Um, you can see that possibility of him winning it, but you also have a guy like Ricochet. So Ricochet, Butch, uh, probably Escobar as well. Those are your fill-out-the-field guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're ready to elevate Escobar yet. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see then if you have Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, Shinsuke, those three will, you know, I would say would be your odd-on favorites. But Logan Paul is a very wild card type mix. Now, boy, I don't think they have him win it. 
I really don't think they do. If they did, um, there's your cash in at WrestleMania uh, right at the end of the show where Roman Reigns somehow uh, has still held the, held the championship, has gotten beaten down, is almost half dead, and then Logan Paul cashes in and wins. Uh, wow. Talk, just, talk just about something happened in the multiverse that he was talking about, what, uh, uh, what two years ago? Was it two years ago or a year ago? When he faced Roman at uh, Jeddah, was, was it Jeddah? Yeah, it was a year ago, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that would be so, kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, they might do him getting it, but in all reality, um, you would suppose that the the reason Logan Paul is in this was to gain a little more um, eyes on the product, and I think it's going to set him up against someone in this match. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, you you, you, you kind of hit it right on the head with, with yeah. Logan Paul. He has tons of exposures. Obviously, he has a ton of credibility um, among, you know, uh, internet influencer and everything. You can't take that away from him. And that's what comes with him. So uh, use him as best as you possibly can. I appreciate the fact that thus far he he is he's driven himself as far as he can freaking go. <laughs> so you know there's going to be some good spots uh, uh on this card um you know one person that i would say out of the guys you did say that would be somebody that we're going to see a lot more of of the level and if you got a chance to watch him in nxt uh particularly nxt uk and that's going to be butch i think uh you're going to see him be utilized in a way and, and I'll, I'll say it's like this leveled up it sucks to have to say that against him because, I mean, he's a really great competitor in general, but leveled up to where is what we're used to seeing on SmackDown, right? Um, maybe yeah. you're already seeing in a couple of weeks him being more focused, Butch, and less, you know, on the fringe of, of having a meltdown every 20 seconds. So, um, but man, I got to tell you, man, uh, my favorite, at least all favorites for everybody is, is going to be uh, LA Knight, man. I mean, the work that he's been doing uh, in the last couple of months is just, man, just, just outstanding. Um, but then again, you can't leave out, uh, Damian Priest, man. He's been on a roll too. And he looks very focused and poised. I think, I think John brought up a good point here on the chat. Uh, he said, Logan Paul will cost somebody the victory and that will be his next opponent, possibly SummerSlam. Um, there you go. LA Knight doesn't win it because, they set up Logan Paul versus LA Knight. And the reason I think that that makes the most sense out of all the names that you could set up the feud with is because those two, all you have to do is give them like, they don't have to touch mm -hmm. for months. You know, you can just set it up just by them talking and cutting videos and stuff like that. So that could very well be um, something that does happen. Um, you know, the the one that does stick out to me is Damian Priest. And I think that that kind of sticks out, too, because of the fact that you have Finn going against uh, Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship. Do you possibly, Rhea's got the belt, do you possibly have um, Finn actually beat Seth? And... Yeah. Then you have Damien with the cash in the case, the, the, the money in the bank. And 
possibly set up because they've already had a little bit of tension between the two of them. So, yeah, could yeah. we, you know, could we be seeing that um, possibly? Um, and outside shot of Santos Escobar because of the popularity of the LWO. Um, I don't see it happening, but that could be something that makes sense. Um, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, you have Io Sky, uh, Bailey, Trish, uh, Zoe, Becky, and Zelina Vega. Um, John was wondering, and I think this was supposed to happen. Uh, Bailey and Shotzi were supposed to have a match on SmackDown for Bailey's Money in the Bank spot yep. on the line. Yep, um, no, no, that, that was supposed to happen. There's a backstage segment um, where it was Bailey and um, Io. We're talking, um, and this is after Becky, uh, no, Becky Bailey interfered in EO's match yet again, causing her an L. And then Shotzi rolled up and, uh, you know, was talking some smack. And then she says, Well, hey, let's do this. How about um, we have a match for your spot? And EO advocated for her and said, Yes, <laughs> she yeah. accepts. And then Bailey's like, Why'd you do that? She was like, I'm just trying to help. So, yeah. That kind of going in into money in the bank is kind of good. I think uh, damage control is interesting because damage control reminds me of those stables of uh, shysty people, or at least on one end, shysty people that know they're going to back, back, you know, uh, backstab each other. And, and that's kind of like a common thing, but they still stick together because they know there's strength in numbers. But at the same time, too, I know you've talked about it and we have for many months seeing uh, EO possibly going face at some point. And so that would be kind of interesting to play on that situation, but yeah. And um, <laughs> Bailey did write, uh, card subject to change. Sorry, sorry you couldn't watch me beat that ass. <laughs> she, she put that out on Twitter, so. They uh, need to use that, uh, you know, like, like straight up next smackdown i'm expecting her to say maybe not word for word that but using that in a snarky way about oh you weren't you weren't important enough to even stay on the card i did everything of my power to make sure that this match happened and it, i'm just saying use it in that kind of way because you know it, it totally fits bailey i think uh john had a point here that uh trish becky and zoe he says they definitely won't win because of the feud going on there and, and the way that things are playing out, uh, especially you could see Zoe and uh, Becky, you know, that seems to be building um, yeah. for sure. Trish doesn't need it. Uh, you know, that would, that would make no sense. Essentially. Zelina is the long shot. We probably won't see her win it, of course. So I think what you're looking at is EO, like John said, you know, she had a, a good performance in Puerto Rico, um, get over with the crowd. Uh, and I also think that EO is probably going to turn face. Somehow EO costs Bailey the contract, you know, for, you know, somehow she grabs it when Bailey thought she was going to grab it. And that's, uh, that's probably what you see happen. Um, could I, yeah. Could I swing one crazy outcome yeah. out of that whole thing. So sure. I agree with you. Looking at certain things that are cancel each other out, Trish Stratus, Zoe Stark, Becky, I I definitely see that, right? Um, 
Eosky Bailey, is he and there be a conflict? Uh, maybe not as big as the first three I just mentioned. But interesting thing is we all count out Zelina Vega. Now, do we think Zelina Vega can do it on her own? Mm, not really, right? But check this out. Something interesting happened on Friday. You started seeing some edge from Raquel. Raquel was manhandling uh, uh, Trish Stratus in that qualifiers match. And, and, and shout out to uh, Trish Stratus for selling the shit out of it. I mean, she that ragdoll bear hug thing, I was like, God damn, man. Um, and, and I was give credits back. If you watched NXT, you know that Raquel can go. Now, yeah. there's no surprise. Newsflash, Raquel is Latino, and she's a second-generation wrestler. Wouldn't it be interesting if Zelina Vega ends up winning the money in the match because Raquel helps her and joins the LW? And it seems like a long shot, but if you think about that, Zelina could do but better. I'm going I'm to I'm shoot but, it down right away for one reason, okay. and that is it makes no sense with the uh, women's tag team championship match because yeah, Ronda and Shayna are yeah. defending against Raquel. Yeah. And now yeah. the only, the only possibility of something happening possibly, uh, but it would make no sense because the LWO is definitely face. So, um, I mean, if, if, if Raquel turned on live, um, and joined Rousey and Shayna, that'd be a uh, pretty uh, brutal. That'd be, that'd be scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, the the outside chance that Zelina Vega has winning is the same reason that Escobar has winning. And that is that the LWO is a merchandise seller and very popular. Yep. So very much. Maybe both of those, uh, you know, both of them win it. And you have, you know, them carrying the monies uh the monies in the banks um <laughs> what do you think the, why why do they unify the women's tag titles when one is an nxt belt and the other is a main roster belt well it's something that i've said for the longest time that they needed to unify those tag teams together and we'll probably see an unveiling of a new championship after money in the bank you know, uh, an ugly belt, but a belt nonetheless. Uh, and I say that, I don't know if they'll go this direction, but I would like to see more title defenses. Um, and I know we'll talk about a little bit later with regards to Seth uh, Rollins. Have those, uh, and I talked about it last week, but having more functionality with belts, like an expectation. So a tag team belt, have it go across all brands. And, and it, 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 to me, it's easier with the tag team belts Versus with the main uh, main well, belt, like because especially, because especially a women's tag team, belt. yeah, yeah, and, and, not and, a lot, yeah, and you make the pool bigger, right? Obviously, where you can go, and I, I think that's going to help a lot. I mean, it, 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 it keeps the titles afloat, which let's be honest, has been a challenge for WWE booking. Um, you know, we won't go down that road of people who are pissed off about the way it was being treated, but I think it's a good look. I think it's a really good look. The the titles being, you know, because uh, because they're still carrying the, the the four, but I I'm almost certain after Money in the Bank, after this match, it will be. And I don't see no, well, I don't we, see Liv and them winning. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, they they shouldn't win um, just because Ronda and Shayna just got the belts. It, yeah, you know, it'd be kind of ridiculous for them. And and I think again, I do think we see something happen between Raquel and Liv. That just to me would make sense on, you know, Raquel turning on Liv, maybe not joining Ronda and Shayna, but, um, you know, Liv just came back um the the whole point of this match is they never lost the titles um so you know maybe raquel is you know pissed of, or they essentially they would have to lose first Liv would have to be the one losing the match and then raquel would be have to be pissed that that happened and that would be the reason for her to uh, leave her for dead um and then uh the other match we're getting is cody rhodes versus dominic just gonna um, say that <laughs> i you know uh it's it's gonna be great to see it's a testing ground for dominic and it should be mm-hmm. a pretty interesting uh thing to see what they do obviously if cody loses this match it has to be through some kind of interference oh yeah it, it, it without a doubt um but you know, shout out to to Dominic Mysterio, and and I only reflect back on my comments from when he, you know, first arrived on the scene with with his father, Ray Mysterio Jr. I had a lot of doubts. I didn't see where he could fit in the company, you know. And for me personally, I'm not big on hey, let's bring your son to work, and everybody else is supposed to just be living with it. But um, Dominic. Is in is come into his own, especially as a heel. Oh my gosh! And feeding off of the crowd every time he tries to get a chance to have a word, it, it's magical. It, it is truly, truly magical. And he's really progressing in the ring. I don't. I know you paid attention. I've paid attention. He is progressing so so much, especially yeah. in the heel aspect, because he does these little slight little things. To whereas I think if he was a face he'd be too wholesome and maybe because he looks like a kid still, but I mean, like for all intents and purposes, he looks like the kid that went on the bad side of the tracks and got caught smoking some reefers and some stuff like that. And, and this is what you don't want your son to do when you go down the, the bad side of the road. But well, he, you know, and also it's, it's funny because it's not even that he got caught smoking weed. He got caught smoking what he thought was weed, but it really <laughs> yeah. was. You know, it's like that's the kind of that's the kind mm-hmm. of thing they gave to him is that, yeah, he went to prison for all of like six hours mm-hmm. and now he's a hardened criminal because of it. I, that's that's the brilliance of the character yeah. is that the character is truly a chicken shit heel. Mm-hmm. And, Very much he, you know, and, and he he plays that well because you buy into the fact that's that's the only way he can win is through cheating and it's the same thing i think that really established eddie guerrero right Mm -hmm. is playing up that whole idea that you cheat to win and that's what we do you know we steal we cheat we lie lie we cheat we steal yeah so so doing that has given a new dimension to dominic and it's also brought around something that has been missing um uh, you know someone who truly has that and it it's different than an mjf because mjf has kind of got that um you know 
he just purposely seeks heat, right? Yeah. Dominic doesn't seek heat. He just gets the heat because people just don't like Dominic. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that happened to The Rock when, yep. when Rocky Maivia was, you know, just fucking hated because he was, you know, this pristine babyface who's getting pushed down their throats. Um, and then you gave him a chance to open up and become something that they didn't have. Um, Dominic's doing something that they don't have right now. And the farther they keep him away from Ray right now, the better. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, establish his own personality. Uh, NXT. Uh, yeah, that, Gold Rush. Yeah, Gold week Rush. Week one. <laughs> yeah, week one. Week two is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we're going to. We're going to get the title match with Baron Corbin uh, and uh, Carmelo. And uh, we got a little, you know, microphone interaction there. Um, I think what we're starting to see again is NXT is becoming more of a testing ground, uh, not just a developmental ground, but a testing ground to mix in uh, these veterans and also to get the guys ready to go up because, so far, if you look at the main roster and what happened at the draft, everyone who's gone up has really made an impact. It's true. They're doing great time. You know, they're doing great up there. Um, but this is an interesting thing that we're seeing with this mix. Um, so we got Seth and Braun, you know, uh, a main event match. Um, Braun had one hell of a showing. Sure and did. That was Seth Rollins. You know, it wasn't like he was wrestling Baron Corbin. He was wrestling mm-hmm. Seth freaking Rollins. And there were points in that match where you could legitimately say, huh, I wonder if they're going to have him win. 100%. Not it, it, in, to me, and I can't think back uh, too much of developmental days other than, you know, what was it, OVW back in the day yep. that they used you didn't have these opportunities. So you kind of had to go and build them up as best you can, shoot them out the door and wish them the best of luck in the bright brew, uh, you know, the bright world of the main roster. Well, they, they did have the opportunities. Guys would go down there. They well, house shows. Well, well, see, that's the whole thing. Um, OVW was not a, you know, when they were doing developmental, it wasn't like that stuff was getting seen by everyone. This is true. Uh, this is literally, a brand and mm-hmm. um and really it was dusty who you know kind of had that kind of you know foreseeing that idea of taking what they were doing in florida when that opportunity came to make nxt itself and then to build it into the brand and hunter kind of ran with that idea and the two of them built this thing um and now you're seeing sean do one hell of a job overseeing mm-hmm. it so well i i i in in kind of continue what i was talking about the reason why i see it a little you know similar to what you're saying but but different in the standpoint of because it's that main event feel right because it is a brand as you said it gives that opportunity to test them out because i also think that testing them out on the main event is a lot safer within this NXT pool experiment that we're seeing now versus putting them on the main roster. Because even when they were built at NXT, black and gold, or even before that, you would have some that would get on the main roster. And it just, it's almost as if like, 
somebody like like men in black hit him up with a neuralizer and, and they didn't know who they were so well, i mean well the neuralizer's name was vince mcmahon this is very crazy. true you know he had no concept of what was going on down exactly there. um uh so you know this that's the whole thing it's when you have someone who is essentially understands the whole concept because he helped create that concept of you know why this development system is for vince i think development meant that they got ready for tv yeah they knew you know they knew the hard cam was and everything yeah. yeah they knew how to get the time in and they knew to do what they were told and that was it whereas hunter saw it creatively as developing these characters and now you're seeing the characters come up and get that opportunity to go straight into you know zoe got the opportunity right away boom um we're seeing waller get the opportunity mm-hmm. with with the show pretty deadly is on fucking fire. really yeah guys these guys are doing what they were doing at nxt on the main roster and it's it's incredible which leads me to someone who definitely uh it's going to be interesting when he gets the opportunity to go up and that's wesley because yeah. both wesley and tyler Bate had one hell of a match hell yeah they did oh and that added uh that added question mark of what does mustafa ali really want mm-hmm. mustafa ali wants something you can tell he wants something but we don't know is it the title is he trying to you know get one of these guys to align with him um but adding that mix of that veteran presence a guy who on the main roster totally clueless you know mm-hmm. he just kind of wandered around this seems to be fitting him nicely because he doesn't have to focus on finding a character you know he just has to be kind of a slimy type of you know uh, you know hey i got your back but does he really well you could definitely see that uh how that played out in the match uh especially toward the end you know when both guys were on the top turnbuckle and I believe it was a headbutt from uh, Tyler Bates, something to that degree. And both of them had knocked out. One was in the ring. The other one was on the outside. And Mustafa Ali doing something very interesting that I haven't really seen uh, guest referees do aggressively is what I'll call yeah. it. Jumping yeah. out of both ends and pep talking them out. Come on, let's finish. Didn't even do the count. Right, let's add that. And, you know, and he, and he physically he physically assaulted them too. He basically did, he, and, and yeah. it, it was just, it was interesting. And then at the end, you know how he, I think he knew that Wesley was 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 coming, right? Right. Uh, and, and moved out of the way just before, uh, you know, uh, Wesley did the uh, what was it ca- cardiac arrest? What is it called? Yeah. I think it's cardiac totally cardiac right. arrest. It, it was very well timing, and it made sense because if you look at all three of these guys body wise they're in the same class sure and 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 to me and maybe it's just me it made it more realistic because if you look at it okay you know mustafa ali has has some skin in the game right he has a couple of accolades wesley and tyler they got to look at okay where do i fit in on the main roster like that what can this guy give and it's the truth it's the darn truth you know baron corbin 
had have been, uh, you know, put in this position versus what he's doing with Carmelo Hayes, I don't think that would have played out as well. But with having Mustafa Ali, perfect place, perfect time. And as you said, I'm excited to see uh, what's what's going to happen down the road with regards to that. Um, uh, you know, another person that I would like to, to, to mention to see what your take is, your insights on, is the Cora Jade and the Dana Brooke match. Very uh, kerfuzzling, but not bad. Um, just when you think watching years and years of wrestling, somebody has an injury and they have to come out and cart them away. And, it, you know, uh, I wasn't I wasn't let down. And, and I, got, I don't know probably the best match I've seen Dana Brooke in for me. I almost want to say ever. <laughs> well, that's, it says a lot, unfortunately for her. Um, your best match was one that you were injured uh, throughout the match, right? Like, like that I watch, I watched this match and liked you because you barely <laughs> could wrestle in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably not a great thing. Um, one of the, the nice things was Cora Jade just playing it um mm-hmm. you know just playing that character to a t but um uh so dana brooke is a veteran i mean she's she's a solid worker um but she's nothing more than than that and uh this is a good opportunity for younger women to get to you know work someone who's going to uh, make them look good Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, um, she is, you know, another one of those head scratchers of boy, her personality and her like backstage has to be huge mm-hmm. because you know that she's getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's she's not she's not under a deal that is, you know, not costing them a lot uh it's probably costing them a decent amount because of her years of experience so um she's doing something to keep that job um and I, you know i think i mean again it's like that's that's the thing was it really interesting i don't know um that's the other thing with core jade they they haven't fully it's it's like they wanted to put her on top and then they pulled back and then they had her yeah. do the thing with Roxanne and they're and Roxanne's in the same spot right now too because again they wanted her on top and then she kind of gets this injury uh whatever it was that kept her out a little bit and now she's kind of you know is she really in the same spot so it's gonna be interesting to see um but talking about young talent that we really mm-hmm. haven't seen is uh gable stevenson <clears throat> and it looks like eddie thorpe uh you know has been um graced with the opportunity of learning about damon kemp through his brother gable mm-hmm. that was um, really cool to see that backstage segment that was cool yeah, uh, it was also cool to see that they're allowing um, Carl to do uh, his uh, incorporate the DJing into his gimmick um, because that's something that he does on his own. That's mm-hmm. something that he's really talented at doing is is DJing. And to see that segment backstage and have Damon Kemp, you know, interrupt that 
and then to then get this locker room segment and, and introduce Gable. Uh, and it could be a very bad omen for Eddie Thorpe because Gable Stevenson could side with his brother and we got a new tag team and Eddie Thorpe is beaten down. So, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see. Well, I, yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I was just happy to see, um, uh, just the back, back, backstage segment because for a long time we've been kind of waiting for your boy to pop on the scene and they haven't quite decided what they're going to do. Almost forgot about him, you know, at least well, I, was, for a little it, bit. Yeah. He was apparently having um, some troubles, uh, you know, picking up the idea of pro wrestling. That yeah. was the thing is apparently that his brother was uh, a little more, uh, you know, excelling a little bit more at the idea of pro wrestling. So um, it's interesting, you know, anytime that we see them, um, the first thing they're going to say, say is Olympic wrestling. Yeah. So he is going to have one hell of a time living up to the Kurt Angle persona of Olympic wrestler, what that means. Um, look, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to transition from being an Olympic wrestler to a pro wrestler. Um, and Kurt Angle just happened to have the personality to fucking become a Hall of Famer, right? Um, does Gable Stevenson have it? I don't know. We'll see. But he sure has enough there to bring that promise that of excitement of like, boy, I really want to see what he can do. Um, you know, uh, he might, he might flame out. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting. Let's see. You know who I don't want to flame out? And uh, I, I won't go into too long. Is is uh, the momentum that Thea Hell is, is, is really gaining right now. Um, not in just popularity, um, but even in the sense of, uh, I felt it was appropriate for her to have her pep rally on yeah. week one. Sure. Uh, not only just for, for prepping for the match versus Tiffany Stratton for next week, but also to uh, doing something that I was waiting for them to do way back. They talked about it, but not as, as hardcore as they did this time. But that's her only being 19. As we very, very, very much know, uh, before she got to NXT, how old she was uh, before she she actually, well, she was already signed by the time we, we knew about her. But my point is, is her being that young. It's interesting how they really were focusing extra hard and she could be the youngest NXT women's champion ever in history. I was waiting for that like like two weeks ago. <laughs> well, and I don't know will, if they missed it. Maybe they mentioned it and I missed it, but, but I, they didn't I, mention it much. I think they're they're because a, a lot of it's tying into the fact that you know it's it's the um, the university, right? Chase U. Um, so yeah. it lends itself to allow her to kind of talk about that. But let's be realistic too. Cora Jade and Roxanne are mm -hmm. just a little bit older than her. Twenty one you know? and twenty two, I think it is, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So so it's you know it's interesting. Um, what you're seeing right now is that from the independents, mm -hmm. you have three women who are all under the age of 24 um, who are 
you know, potentially 10 years from now, you know, your, your big name mainstay roster people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as you watch, as you watch the Charlotte flares get older, as you watch the Becky Lynch's get older, these are the women who are going to potentially be filling those roles. So very interesting. You know, I want to mention one thing that was a bit of a, uh, Funny because it seemed a little uncomfortable the way it was presented. So while they're having the the whole pep rally, they had mentioned she's 19. <laughs> Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey look at each other like, you mean she was only 19? I was thinking like, oh man, it just it just I don't know. It had creep vibes on it a little bit. I don't know if that's the direction they purposely went into it, or maybe my sick mind goes that way. I don't know, but uh, it's 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 very interesting because I have an 18 year old daughter, <laughs> and that's what makes it weird to me just like oh my gosh like <laughs> how you not know she was freaking like 19 or younger? come on uh, uh you know <laughs> take a look at her she don't look 19 let's let's put it that way right she she is she is um interestingly enough character wise very 19. yeah oh yeah 100 percent. you know over the but top 19. But physically i mean the, you know that's the whole thing physically is you look at her and just with everything that they do with you know with conditioning and makeup and being at television and everything it's it's not like she's coming off like she's you know a, a school girl she's she's yeah. coming off as an adult and it really it really plays well to see women um being looked at as you know competitive in nature and not just what we saw you know 15 years ago where eye candy sexual was, object yeah, objectification just, right <laughs> you know i think i think more so than it being a weird creep thing sexual thing i think it's more with her of those two um not realizing you know like how can anyone who's 19 years old be this psychotic? That's, that's something we're starting to see in her is that yeah. she is kind of crazy. Either that or, or, or and, and, and I say this, and I don't want the internet to, to, to beat me up, but in wrestling, as we see different types of characters be a reflection of life, uh, she definitely does present as someone with severe ADHD. And if that is something they're going for, and that as a person, because we all know, I mean, I have a son with ADHD, and there's a certain way that they present themselves and whatnot, and you get used to it. I think that would be interesting if that was the direction they was going. You know, either that or she only drinks fucking coffee. <laughs> she is piped up, and that lends great to her character. It's amazing. Um, it, I, they took that out of the equation. Um, not to say she still wouldn't be entertaining, but she wouldn't be as entertaining as she is now. Um, one group that, that, that and I want to shift over to one match that I didn't know I was actually uh, found exciting was the number one contenders uh, men's uh, qualify or, or men's uh, tag team, NXT tag team, you know, Jensen and Briggs versus Hank Tank and um, I call them EMB. But you know, in Blade, uh, that was actually a good match. Uh, you know, as far as you know, all three of them. I mean, Hank and Tank looked good. I spoke about them a couple of weeks ago. How I was impressed with them, and 
you know, Jensen and Briggs are already a well-oiled machine. Uh, but man, uh, uh, and I know I'm messing up his name, but uh, you know, Finn Blade, man, they really, really look good. They look ready now. I think before, if you were to ask me about seven or eight months ago, no. But I think that they look ready to yeah. try and take it to the next level. And it's good because as we talk about um, the women's tag team belts being consolidated, I truly, honestly, maybe it's a request or what I want, but I would like to see the same done with tag teams in general. I think tag team belts should be merged together. I know that 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 with the women's it's easier to do that because as you stated earlier, um, you know, it's the women's tag team, so it's a little bit easier with the men's a little bit more premier. But um, you know, I, I would like to see it. Um and again, the pool's getting bigger because you know, as times where I watch AEW, there's a lot of good established tag teams there. WWE used to have a problem with not being consistent would have an established tag teams and it would put in the mix and matches and it would work out great because WWE knows how to make it work, right? But I would like to see more tag team wrestling. Now, I know we've talked about Vince McMahon hates tag team wrestling. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's part of the business. I couldn't see the business without a tag team's division. And it's been hard for me to watch many years in WWE having a, a scarce tag team's division. W what would be your take on that? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, tag team wrestling is a little more complicated because of the fact that you're talking about two people versus one person. And that basically comes down to, um, you're paying two people versus one person. Um, and I think that one of the reasons you saw a lot of, uh, crappy tag teams is because, um, you want the one person or both people who are going to be stars to be stars because then they can make merchandise sales. They can make you money, right? Mm -hmm. As tag teams, it it's really hard to keep established tag teams together because of that. Um, the Usos are an exception, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny that people don't want to acknowledge the fact that those guys are probably, you know, could very well be one of the greatest tag teams ever. And mm -hmm. the reason being is because they're one of the few tag teams of modern days who have actually stayed a tag yep. team. Um, if you want to, you know, if you want to argue that FTR is uh, the same way, yeah, absolutely. You can argue it because they've stayed a tag team. But there's only those handful of these tag teams within the last, you know, 20 years that have stayed together. So I think it's harder to do that. It's funny that you said putting tag teams together, this guy and that guy, well, your tag team champs in WWE are this guy and that guy. <laughs> well, and I think that the only reason why that kind of works is because it's been well documented and established that those two have been best friends their whole life because, and, I, and that's just me. It goes, it goes further than that though. And it, it has, ties into the whole idea of storytelling True. so when you put two guys together it has to be something like that right the story has to be there and that's what makes it successful and those two together are successful because of the fact that 
you have a history and you have a story that brought them together. Um, if you would have just put them together, it wouldn't have been half as interesting. Um, you know, that's, you just said it about, uh, you know, in NXT. Um, two of those three tag teams, you know, definitely have recently just kind of been put together over the last couple, you know, months or, or last year. So sometimes you do have to find that, right? You have to find guys who will work well together or fit kind of a gimmick together. And it ends up working and you form these new tag teams. Um, and then sometimes it's just, you know, it's out of, listen, the Viking Raiders, why the fuck are they still there? Well, they're, I mean, yeah, but they are established tag team, thick and, right. thick, thick and thin. And, and they are going to win sometimes, but for the most part, they're there to make other tag teams look good. Um, you even see that with, with Cable and Otis. That yeah. was a throw-together tag team. It was, actually. It shouldn't have worked, and it actually works. <laughs> and now you had Maxine, and now you're kind of going, this actually could be something that elevates them to the next level, and they start becoming, you know, the potential uh, tag champ holders. Um, so it, 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 tag team wrestling is a, a very interesting, hard thing to really kind of get down the art form of because – it's tough too when you're talking TV time. These matches, when you have singles match, you're able to kind of get the spots in and tell the story and everything. But um, it is, it is, uh, you know, a very, uh, um, a very interesting thing. Um, John says, "Look at Pretty Deadly. They got randomly put together in NXT yeah. UK, yeah, and it works. And those two work." Um, Team Hell No became very entertaining, especially with the therapy segments. Absolutely. And you can look at those types of, of tag teams throughout the years. Um, you can go back to putting um, Rick Martel and Tito Santana together for Strike Force because Tom Zink left the company and the Cam Am connection left now Martel with no one and they put Tito with him. They had a championship tech team. Yeah. So it, it's all about timing. It's all about what the circumstances are. It's all about what the characters are and if it works. Um, go ahead. Oh, you know, the, the one thing I want to uh, quickly mention just on that that show, something small, because uh, I know we're starting to wrap it up a bit, is, uh, you know, I I, I got to give it up to uh, uh, what's The Rock's uh, daughter's name on NXT? Emma? Uh, Ava? Rain, Ava. Okay, I was gonna say Emma, <laughs> Ava Rain. Um, yeah. Very interesting thing that she was saying about uh, you know, uh, to you know, schism in the back. It was like a quick little segment, you know, right. four four roots, one tree. I'm starting to see week after week, and they're not a, a team that I, attention wise, I'm invested in. But she is 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 coming comfortable on her own on the mic and presence. Now, in the ring, I think she needs to find her footing a little bit, if I'm being honest, and finding out where she fits. Uh, Physique-wise, she looks great, you know. Um, but it, it, it's very interesting because I see her taking more of a leadership role within Schism um, or maybe a matriarch type of role kind of way. I don't know. Uh, did you kind of catch that in the segment a little bit? <clears throat> well, they're, yeah, they're they're definitely, you know, they're, they're moving her – 
it's slowly, it's slowly, but they're going to be moving her, I think, um, to some kind of more predominant role as she's growing. She's 21. She's another mm -hmm. one who's, yep. who's young. Still um, a baby. So, I mean, they're, they're, schism on it in itself is going to be interesting where they go with it. Um, anytime you have, like, look, Judgment Day is the same way. It's like you have Rhea. Rhea's the champ now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like you have a group like that. This is kind of a new, um, a new territory that really hasn't been done before in in this type of manner where the woman in the group is a standalone champion is predominant um mm -hmm. as ava grows if they keep her with you know if, if this stays for a little bit for schism um you start seeing that she'll have to start getting opportunities because of the fact that you just can't deny that she is going to have that presence like her dad has. Yeah. Um, is she going to be as good in the ring or anything like that? I, I don't know. It's hard to tell because we haven't seen a lot of her. Um, no, we haven't. But I think the whole thing is, is that she needs to continue to get comfortable in her own skin. And eventually she is going to find that sweet spot and, you can't deny that the talent is not going to be there for at least being someone who can work a microphone. So, yeah, yeah, because she seemed very comfortable, uh, very, very, very comfortable, not timid yeah. at all. So, and I just wanted to put that out there, uh, before we wrap up, <laughs> per se. Yeah, no, no, and that's good. We, uh, we are going to wrap up. We're going to go to three count here in just a moment. If you're watching on the live stream, we're going to jump over. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, L.A. Knight. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Dax Hardwood uh, and uh, CM Punk uh, kind of calling out uh, the uh, the moody people backstage uh, and uh, a little bit about uh, the plans that were supposed to happen with Seth Rollins and championship defense on, uh, on Raw. So... Uh, that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, tune in uh, tomorrow. And uh, if you're on the live stream, jump in with us now. But uh, we're going to head out for this week. And like I said, next week, hopefully DJ Impact will be back. Since City Steve will be back, there will be a lot of talk about Forbidden Door because of that. And uh, we just didn't want to talk about Forbidden Door while it was kind of still going on. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, let Steve take the lead on that next week. And uh, until then, everybody, happy wrestling, as DJ Impact would say. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.